Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we uh, take a look at uh, all the top teams at above 500 in the AL and NL, kind of give an assessment of where uh, the hot starts as we look at the heaters uh, across uh, both leagues uh, of where teams stand within it. We'll give you our our three hitters, pitchers, teams, and questions uh, as we uh, move into uh, fully into the the next month of the baseball season. Uh, and that uh, what you're hoping to accomplish at the end of April, we're now getting into like May has flown by more than April did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, in one week, we're already halfway through uh, within that. And then all these concerns that will be coming up. Uh, so next week, is, we'll uh, take a look at the teams on the opposite end of that uh, that are seller dwellers. Uh, is there a reason for hope or is it uh, wait till next year uh, already as we t- start looking at the cause for concern of the teams uh, at the bottom might be part of the questions of some of the things we're looking at here today, but we'll look more in depth next week. Uh, before we dive into uh, all the fun of the ins and outs of the last week in Major League Baseball, uh, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice and ranting about baseball, come hungry, leave happy. Uh, it is uh, also now in, in full swing. Uh, we're in full spring weather, mm-hmm. full spring popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. It was... Very busy weekend. Thank you all for coming. Uh, you got to take advantage of at least one very nice day this weekend in Wisconsin. But we are, at least this week, we had a special of a spring special. So buy a large cheese or a large caramel or two of each. You got it cheaper. I do not know if we will do that again next weekend. But for anybody who came out and took advantage of it, thank you for coming. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you all next weekend again. Other than a little dip, uh, tomorrow is part of the uh, rain in the forecast. We're looking at upper 70s the rest of the week. I will take that all day, every day. That is the best. Spring is usually like one of my favorite seasons. I know you do not like spring because of the fact you like the idea of spring. It's It's just a tease. You like the idea of spring. It just doesn't come to fruition. So hopefully we have actually reached peak spring in in Wisconsin, which is one of the best times to be here. Someone else that will be... uh, uh, that will gladly take it uh, from uh, the way things have started is the uh, Chicago Cubs uh, with Cody Bellinger for the last number of years. He's been another one of those teases uh, that tantalizes uh, with the talent. If he can be healthy, if he could put it all back together and for the first six weeks of the season, he has been everything that the, the Cubs had hoped that he would be. Yeah. I didn't think he had this in him anymore. Neither did I. I, just thought that the injuries or whatever had sapped the ability, and this is this is you know close to MVP caliber Cody Bellinger, which it feels like it's been a lifetime ago, and that he should be you know middle thirties by this point. But he was so young when he came up and won that MVP that he is about to hit free agency again. Remember he signed that one year deal with the Cubs. He will be twenty eight, meaning he's going to get looking to get paid this time. And I think it'll happen if he does, if he continues this current pace, it's on, it could be a massive payday because he already has seven home runs and seven steals, which even in his bad version, Cody Bellinger, he could contribute the home runs and steals last year. He still had 19 home runs, 14 steals, but here's the averages, right? The last three years, 239. Okay. That was a shortened year. It was a fluke. We all wanted to believe it was a fluke. Then 165, uh, 
what? And then last year, 210. So we're like, okay, well, now he just can't hit. He just had Joey Gallo numbers. That is Joey Gallo. That is a million percent who that is, is Joey Gallo. And this year we're back to 296. And that's, we saw him win a MVP while hitting. That was over 310, but, or 305, excuse me. But if he's at hitting, hitting like that, we know he can rack up the counting stats and he's being everything that Chicago paid for. So if he gets to like a 30-30 season with maybe, let's say, 270, so the average tapers off a little bit, 260, 270, on-base percentage around 330, 340. Mm-hmm. What do you pay him? Because he's, he's going to be the biggest, uh, the most fascinating case study in the offseason uh, because do you know how much it would cost for injury protections, like insurance? I don't even know if you could insure him. It'd be because tough. he's been so injured within, or the cost within, because the for the biggest contracts, that is the thing that most owners want. Give me that injury protection within it. If he can't get it, who's giving him a nine-figure contract? I went back because I wanted because here's the player that he reminds me of. It's Chris Bryant, right? Chris Bryant was roughly that same age when he had free agency, also coming same off the type Cubs, of injury issues right? too. Yeah, good point. Now Colorado, who we both believe is not the uh, peak team to look at for intelligence. They gave him seven years, $182 million. You can't give that to Cody Bellinger, or at least you shouldn't. But, you know, Chris Bryant had won an MVP award. Now he'd also won a World Series in that time, and his injuries were slightly different. But And Bellinger plays an above-average uh, uh, center field. And Chris Bryant, that, Chris Bryant was a third baseman who had to move to the outfield because he wasn't very good at third base. How much did Brandon Nimmo get despite his injury issues yeah. in the offseason? It's possible. I, you could I'm, do I'm being it. walked back to the point yeah. that, yeah. Uh, that's uh, we've already have two examples. One as recently as last year. The other one in the last five years within it of still getting the big time money. Yeah. I, I, so, so let's put an, uh, an early number un, under those type of projections over under 140 for total contract. <sighs> that's a good one. I'd still take the under. Uh, but if you just said 120, I'd, I'd probably have taken the over on 120. I think it's somewhere in there. I'll go 6150. 6150. Yeah, I think possible. that's. I mean, we. We At saw age the market 20, reset age 29 this year. Uh, within it because that still gives you the low 30s. Mm-hmm. You're not buying any of the late 30s within it. Uh, and he will want to maximize this. Like, he's not looking at trying to shorten this to get another contract. He's healthy. This happened. He will try to get the most years possible on this one. It'd be a good fit if he would just cross the other side of Chicago. They could use a center fielder who's actually, like, decent at playing defense. If you want me to also to guarantee how does his uh, and uh, get career, there how does his career end, where's the, the most albatross contract within it, <laughs> then yeah, go to the uh, White Sox because that would be very fitting and they of how everything goes Absolutely right would not care how injury prone he is because they just roll Eloy out in the left field every day. Now he gets that appendectomy six weeks. I, when I saw that, I'm like, I had to text Dan. I had to text Dan. Are you guys kidding me here? Like. I, he he is the uh, he is the uh, the new Giancarlo Stanton, right? That, that's it was also hurt. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, there's at least consistency. Yep. Uh, consistency in it. there. Um, let's talk about another uh, uh, hot hitter, and we'll be staying in the outfield for all three guys. Uh, but it is hard transitioning uh, to the bigs, uh, whether it's coming from the minors or whether it's coming from overseas, uh, and uh, the two a evaluator to a scout across the board to every single one. It was unanimous in the uh, opinion that Boston overpaid uh, for Yoshida. Uh, he's he had a, some struggles initially within it, but he is now tearing the cover off the ball uh, right now to me. 
and I think this one, you know, sometimes uh, we can talk, it's bad to say it right now because of where things fully are, but Oakland has always made puzzling decisions, but they make it for what works for them. I fully believe Boston thought with this one, him and that home ballpark made a lot of sense and they felt like they, they wanted to invest in it. At least for this week, it, it's, it's showing them to be exactly right. I'd say two weeks. We're at a 15-game yeah, right, hitting streak right. here. 15-game hitting streak. He is now, I believe, the betting favorite by quite a bit for Rookie of the Year here. We saw a good performance in the World Baseball Classic. Yoshida was on the championship Yan- or Japanese team. I said Yankees. Japanese team that won. And then he came over to the big leagues, and his first 13 games he hit 167. And people are like, okay, well, what? why isn't this translating? Suddenly... It just clicked. I mean, two weeks is nothing. In the middle of the year, if you hit 167, you wouldn't blink an eye at it. And Yoshida looks very comfortable. Yeah, 15-game hitting streak. He's up to 315. Six home runs, 24 RBIs, two steals. More walks than strikeouts. That's great. He's a very good fit in Boston. As far as, like you said, he uses the Green Monster. He's batted. I think they bat him either second or sixth. I know they bat those two positions a lot. And uh, I, I like Yoshida. I do not believe, you know, we're talking fantasy here. I do not own Yoshida anywhere. Actually, I do. I have him in one points league. But I I wanted him more. I kind of backed out at the end. People started pushing up the price, and I wasn't willing to pay it. That's more or less Because he was I coming was. off of the World Baseball Classic, everybody wanted a piece of it. And they thought, okay, I, I know that there was talk of, you know, could he hit 20 home runs? I never really thought he might do it. He's got six. Like, he might very well do it. I did not expect the home runs. I thought he would just be an extremely high. You mentioned Brandon Nimmo before. I thought Masataka Yoshida could be Brandon Nimmo. And... Yeah, just a healthy version of a it. Healthier version, like, and that'd be a very good player in his own right. But if he has more power than that, it's you know, this is what the Boston's always wanted out of Alex Verdugo. Yes, that is exactly what they've always wanted out of Alex Verdugo. This is what, is what they thought they were getting with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a uh, an uh, an excellent uh, comparison. He is uh, uh, performing in the way in which they hoped that they were getting in the Mookie Betts trade. Verdugo's actually up to a good start too. I didn't realize that he's hitting three sixteen too. That one I think will fall off. I do not have a whole lot of hope that Alex Verdugo is actually He has an game. opening month like this or a stretch like this, and then it just seems Almost to fade. every season he has a stretch and, where he gets hot. And the problem is, no matter what, he's still an above-average oh, sure. regular. Mm-hmm. He's solid, not flashy. And when you trade Mookie Betts, you're, you're, you just want more, and a fan base wants more. So his problem is things that were beyond his control yeah, uh, versus what he higher. is. He's been a solid veteran. So uh, as part of the context of talking about him with uh, Yoshida, uh, yeah, uh, very nice to see. Uh, and both those guys all a part of a, uh, and, and we'll talk about Boston a little bit more within that, uh, for, for what's going on there. It isn't just, uh, uh, isn't just the some players on a hot streak. Team's, teams uh, doing, well. doing some stuff right now. Uh for a team that's not uh, doing as well, scuffling out of the gate, uh, it has been a, a boon to the morale uh, to see Bryce Harper uh, returning to the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, adding that length to the lineup. Uh, and he's, besides beating uh, expectations by like two full months uh, from Tommy John's surgery uh, within it, he's already hit a home run. He's already done, had some nice player. stuff within Like This is a... Uh, if they get peak Bryce Harper within the next couple of weeks, we're all of a sudden, like, you're seeing that with the bat, uh, that's going to be a big help as Trey Turner is also showing signs of kicking out of an early season funk. Schwarber hit a home run today. We know how hot he can get. Phillies hung around, as we said, just hang around, right? Bryce Harper is, I've said before on here, my favorite player in baseball, and it's just reaffirmed. This is, and this is why you get, you know, you have a superstar, right? He did not. He was recovering from Tommy John. He did not go on a rehab assignment. He said, plug me in. The opening night against the Dodgers, they got killed. He went 0 for 4. 
I tried to get you to trade him to me. You refused. <laughs> and ever since then, he's had hits in every game, including the sec- the very second game, three for three, drew a couple walks. He's had hits in every game since then. You mentioned the home run. He's a, he's amazing. He's a superstar. He's one of the rare mega deal contracts that worked out 100%. Philadelphia could not have helped for any more out of that. Because even with injuries, he'll find his way back yep. into the lineup. Oh, it's never, and it's never like his are not some nagging, you know, yep. uh, groin thing that Giancarlo Stanton deals with. His are, remember last year he got hit on the thumb. Like, those are the unlucky ones. And a lot of times he gets hurt because he runs like, it's not the Luis Robert, I'm going to lollygag it to first. Like, he's going a million percent out in the outfield. And so him playing DH probably helps that. You know, he's a, he's a fan favorite for a reason. He's a superstar in the game that has been overshadowed. We said it before, he's been overshadowed by the fact that Mike Trout and him came together at the same time. And Mike Trout's arguably the best, like one of the best center fielders of the last hundred years. Bryce Harper is a first ballot Hall of Famer 100% of the time and one of the best players of like the last 40 years. But he's just overshadowed by Mike Trout. <laughs> and I also think with what's coming here is not going to be temporary. You know, they're looking at first getting him a bat going with it. They're going to watch the elbow. Uh, but the plan is first base this year, right? It should be. And I, I, I think that stays because you mentioned all the issues that happened from going full throttle. You need a, to help him uh, help himself. First base is going to contain him a little bit more, provided the legs are good with everything. Provided this is a good transition, this uh, uh, the second half of this year. I I Why think because also uh, Reese Hoskins is a free agent after this year. Uh, here's your built-in replacement. Uh, so I, I think part of that will help his longevity in the second half of his career. I think that gives me a little bit more confidence in him uh, versus something. Keep the injury issues fluky uh, versus being more reoccurring. Bryce Harper has a career 1,100 OPS. That is wow. unbelievable. Uh, fantastic player. <laughs> and it's good to see him back. Go Philadelphia. Keep pushing your way towards the top. I want to see you get a, a big Philadelphia fan. Well, there's uh, definitely a lot of fans that were excited by new, uh, uh, the next big the new thing. New hotness, as Will Smith uh, would say. New hotness, yeah. Uh, there was, uh, uh, we had over five. Well, let's see, one, two, three, I guess four, at least four uh, minor league pitchers called up in the last week to make their debut. Uh, all in the same week, uh, almost a multi- like three of the four, I think, on the same day, two against each other. I wonder if it wasn't other. like a... You wonder if it wasn't. I, and they, they never know the super cool numbers. Like every every organization day, right? had to feel like we're we're there. Yeah, and so then they started bringing these stars up. Some of them are really good. Some of them some of them struggled. I think they'll be fine. Some of them showed off right away. So rather than like three pitchers with then we're just covering rookie pitchers on this part with making debuts. Uh, so we're gonna go uh, down the board. I'll let you start with the the first one, and we'll just keep going through. So we'll start with Grayson Rodriguez. He has been up. I would say all year, but didn't they send him down for – no, I guess they didn't send him down for a week. There was talk that they were going to send him down for a week, and I think they kept him up. He's been a rookie pitcher. That's what he's been. And it's been – there's been flashes of brilliance. He has 37 strikeouts and 28 innings as a rookie. Two starts to go against Detroit, five innings, no earned runs, struck out nine. I see that just yesterday, a few days ago, he got kind of lit up by Kansas City, had a 3.2 innings and gave up six earned runs. So there's flashes of brilliance. There's been struggles. Notably, Baltimore has not let him go more than five innings in any of his starts. So they're going to limit the innings on Grayson Rodriguez. You can see the strikeout stuff is there. You can see that he's going to struggle with some walks at this point. And he's struggling in the same ways that dominant strikeout pitchers struggle with, uh, with being a little bit too hittable because uh, you're, you're being you're that much around the plate. Yep. You trust your stuff. Uh, and so that's where he's, uh, 
it's the slightly above the hit per inning, but it's the it's the walks, uh, the control, that refinement, that precision. It's just not there yet, and so you are seeing classic rookie things that are happening. But you see the flashes of brilliance to say this guy is a frontline uh, ace. It's just a, it's not a matter of if it's when. He's twenty three years old. Give him a couple. He'll be fine. He's he's uh, huge. First off, he's like six foot five, which is amazing for a pitcher. That's why you get that big downward tilt. At some point, Grayson Rodriguez is going to put together some very impressive seasons, probably be an all-star. It won't be this year, but it's there. I, I don't have a whole lot of concerns about Grayson Rodriguez being really good in the next two, three years here. Who's next on your list? Uh, we have our Arizona uh, Diamondbacks debut. So, Brendan Fott. Okay. Brandon Fott, last year in the minor leagues, set the record. I believe it's the last two decades. I shouldn't say a record. So, the last couple decades for most strikeouts in the minor leagues. And this is in... I forget which team he pitched for, the Pacific Coast League, which is a notorious hitter's environment, like notorious. And he had set records there with a low ERA. And this is the one I've been excited to see because I thought the thought was going to come up and dominate. And he didn't. They finally called him up. I don't know what they waited for forever. They finally got rid of that moron Madison Bumgarner. And they're like, okay, it's time, Brandon Fott. After they still screwed around with some more time, he played Texas, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, is a very good offense. He played Texas in his debut. Four and two-thirds innings, three strikeouts, 13 and a half ERA, 214 whip. That's his one start. If you watch the game, I watched the highlights of that game. I did not watch the whole game. It was during the day. He got hit hard. Like It wasn't like he was just getting unlucky. He was getting hit very hard. They just laid off of a lot of the pitchers, and they waited and picked it out. I know there was some talk like after the game, was he even tipping his pitches? I don't know. I don't have a whole, once again, I don't have a whole lot of concern here. He's going to play Miami this week. If he goes out and he struggles massively against Miami, then I'll be a little more concerned. I think he's really good. I think he's really good. It's just, he's also really young, and we've seen one start out of him. I am not writing off Brandon Fott. Absolutely not. 24 years old. He'll figure it out. Let's talk about the uh, last name duo. Uh, we had uh, rookie versus rookie, Miller versus Miller. Did you watch it? Uh, one... I believe that's going to end up being a top five uh, matchup, uh, individual game matchup uh, this season. I think that Bryce, was that was fun. I, absolutely, I think Bryce Miller is fantastic pitcher. Absolutely fantastic. That that first game he debuted, okay, Oakland, six innings, ten strikeouts in his debut. Okay, well it's Oakland. He pitched against Houston today. Now Houston is not the Houston we've seen, but six innings again, five strikeouts, didn't give up an earned run, a .5 WHIP. So. We've seen 12 innings. He has 15 strikeouts, and he has given up one earned run. That's pretty impressive. I think Bryce Miller is fantastic. I think that he has a dominant fastball that he is not afraid to throw to anybody. We saw how successful this team could be with George Kirby. We know they can develop pitching. They did it with Logan Gilbert. This is a team, you know, we talk about the Rays. We talk about the Guardians. We talk about the Brewers. Seattle's getting in that same mold as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, and and the for a – for a rookie pitcher to shine, you need a couple of things to be factoring in their uh, in their favor. Uh, you need that that immense talent, the swing and miss ability where you can see it, uh, and then you also need opportunity. Like, where does the team need him? Is there a, an easy path to staying in the rotation the rest of the year? Robbie Ray's injury creates that opportunity. They are an aggressive team in win now mode, so they're not going to be trying to. Uh, hold off or worried about Super 2 or worried about anything within it. They need someone who can come in every fifth day and help them compete and win and contend for the, the division crown. So with that being the case, once again, 
that gives you an opportunity. All the things are lining up for him to to do well and, and then be a new entrant into the Rookie of the Year uh, contention within all those factors with a team that's looking to win so you can also rack up the wins. From a fantasy standpoint, he's extremely intriguing. From a, a team trying to contend and, and fill like a number five spot uh, within and just bumping everyone up a, a spot and at least getting quality innings, He's a match there. Like this, this is a good fit and good opportunity. Would not be surprised to see him run with it the way that Kirby did, the way that uh, Logan Gilbert, uh, when making debuts. Like this team knows how to use rookie pitchers in uh, in the middle of a contending window. Let's talk about the other Miller. So, maybe- and that's the exact opposite, right? Uh, you have talent. That's good. Absolutely. Mason Miller has all the talent in the world. Uh, that same game that Bryce Miller pitched, Mason was against him. He went. Seven innings, he'd only struck out four, but he didn't give up a hit. Now, we walked some guys because he's a little, a little wild, but I said before, Mason Miller has all the stuff to be Spencer Strider. He has that huge fastball. It is absolutely ridiculous. It has a, I believe it's the top percentile on StatCast and spin rate last I checked for fastball. Oh, it's for it. Now it's down to 94th percentile, so one of the top fastballs in the league, and he has a big curveball, and he can just throw two pitches. How many minor league innings Mason Miller has in the last three years? Isn't it like 100? <laughs> 28. That's Ooh. how injured he's been. That's how many career Ooh. minor league innings he has. 28. Here's my concerns with Mason Miller. Now, they let him pitch seven innings the other night, which was amazing because I don't think Mason – this is not a long-term concern. This is a this-year concern. I don't think Mason Miller hits 120 innings. I don't know – I mean, Oakland is a very strange organization, so maybe he does. He's in a massive – the game where he just said he threw a seven innings of no-hit ball, he didn't win. They didn't win. I believe they have one win all year out of their starting pitchers, I've heard. Uh, he is 0-1-1. I think he's very good. I think he's going to be a very good pitcher. I have concerns about his health. I have concerns. Normal human beings don't throw that hard. Uh, can Mason Miller – okay, I said Spencer Strider. More likely, Mason Miller puts a Hunter Green year together, which is very good. We like Hunter Green. Yep. But it's it's good. It's not – Spencer Strider is a <laughs> 1-100, in 100, right? Like, he was fantastic, and, I, and he's just dominating still. It could be, but that's like a 100th percentile outcome for Mason Miller. Here's my question. Is Oakland uh, the best thing for – because he's not going to be – when you think of – you're t- you're talking a, a – if he has more than a five-year peak career, I'd be surprised. Hmm. That would be getting to the 100th, 100th percentile. We're not even talking like 10 years. We're talking five-year. If you're at that level within it, because of all the concerns that are there. Uh, uh, so he's not going to be – good when you're actually ready to be good. So are they willing for a team that's already had so many shots on this and they've traded everything not nailed down, here's your arm at the trade deadline. You know what you could get for him? Yeah. Like, are they willing to do that? Because you finally have a, a decent younger piece and that would mean all of a sudden trading him at the, at the deadline, what that's going to do with it. But what factors here? They've already ticked off their home fan base because they're moving their home fan base. So you don't have those types of concerns anymore within this. Mason Miller is an intriguing arm uh, that could be available and it'll be also another fascinating to see how does the league evaluate that whole picture that we just described and what they would invest in trade value to get him. If nothing else, if a team, if any contending team wanted to, to, to limit the innings. I think you could put Mason Miller into Old a relief pen. pen and just get, I relief think you get face. dominance out of, like you mentioned Andrew Miller a couple weeks ago when we did this, like something like that. I know Mason Miller's right-handed, Andrew Miller's left-handed, but just uh, Tyler Glass now came up and did that. That was like his start. They did that with Shane Boz, right, where you just bring him in at the end and just let him like fire for a couple innings, and maybe Mason Miller goes back to starting someday. But if you really wanted to, he could be just dominant in the bullpen. Well, and you couldn't, uh, 
you can't use him on back to back days. I so you have to be you're so you have to have a a bullpen or stuff within it that can piece everything together to make this make this fit. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, now teammates. Uh, so we go into uh, Logan Allen and, and Tyler uh, Bybee. Yeah, Logan Allen is the least heralded of all these guys. So famously, they had two Logan Allens for a while. There's and one of them has since moved on to Colorado. But Logan Allen, we talk. I just said you talk about the teams that develop pitching. Cleveland is absolutely on the list. Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber was never as highly regarded as we thought. Uh, you know they've had they've had a lot of hits. Uh, that's where Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee find themselves. Logan Allen. I've been really impressed. I honestly say I did not think Logan Allen was going to be this good, but right now he, he's been arguably the best, better than the rest of these guys, maybe Bryce and Bryce Miller uh, removed from that equation. But otherwise, 16 innings, he's given up. He's known him six innings, five innings, 5.2 innings. In the first couple, he had eight strikeouts apiece. Those are, that's including a Boston start, which is a really good offense. Minnesota, most recently yesterday. Yeah, really impressed with Logan Allen. And Tanner Bybee, is a stud. Like he is going to be, this is the next Shane Bieber. As far as I'm concerned, where Shane Bieber was never a ridiculous, like a very highly regarded prospect. People knew who he was, but he doesn't throw hard. Tanner Bybee doesn't throw hard, but it's kind of like George Kirby. He he very rarely walks anybody. He does not get hit hard. He can strike out a batter or two an inning. He's placed Colorado and the Yankees. He gets Detroit this week, tomorrow as we're talking about this. Absolutely. He's going to dominate them. I, you know, we, we talked about this before. How many, my only concern with any of the Guardians guys is eventually, like, Tristan McKenzie will be back. So where does this rotation go from there? Like, how do they get it down to five? They actually have another dominant prospect named Gavin Williams in the minor leagues who's supposed to be the most highest regarded of them all. So we have Bieber. You can keep Logan Allen. You're going to keep Tanner Bybee, Tristan McKenzie. And then is it – I assume it's Quail Quantrill, right? That's that's your five. Peyton Battenfield – who's done some good things. I thought I've seen him pitch once this year. I thought he pitched okay. And Cal Quantrill almost threw a no-hitter today. He got into the seventh inning without giving up a hit. But I think you could probably kick Cal Quantrill at the bullpen. That's how good of a team they have there as far as, like, depth of pitchers. So, yeah, I, I'm very impressed. I think Bobby's better than Logan Allen, but that's not a slight on Logan Allen at all. And this is uh, guys that are being impactful right now, uh, and we're seeing that in their teammates. This is a huge influx. Again, this is one of those that never makes sense. Cleveland seems to have a lot of talent on paper, uh, but they struggle to barely be above 500 in the AL Central. It's the easiest division to try to do things with, uh, and it never seems to, to quite come together. I love their pieces. I, I love uh, uh, Stephen Kwan. I love, obviously, Jose Ramirez is one of the top five player uh, in the Major League Baseball. Uh, you have uh, talent that is here, and uh, Josh Naylor is, in, is intriguing. They looked at... Uh, uh, Fantasy results of guys in the first month. Who are you buying? Who are you selling within that? Like, who do you believe? Uh, uh, not looking at the individual numbers, saying who should be better than what he is. The expected BA uh, for him was like fifty points higher. Nice. Within it's a bit of bad luck that's going on Take there within down. it. Pick a job. Pick up Josh Naylor. Dan says. And so I already did myself uh, uh, with there the event. So uh, I, I buy it in. Practice uh, what you preach. So that's right. So we'll see how that uh, how that one goes within it. Though I can guarantee you, uh, whoever I'm saying right now, if you're facing me, guaranteed to go off. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens when I put them on on my team. Uh, but let's talk about guys that uh, talented but not yet. And that's how we round up the last two: Gavin Stone and Taj Bradley. So Taj Bradley, the three starts we saw were Bryce Miller level, like that. Type, type of good. I know that they send him down to the minors to get onto a more normal amount of 
Five day versus six day. Yep. So that's kind of, I I don't know why they can't do that at the big league level, but okay, whatever. Uh, He'll be back, I'm sure. I know he got lit up in in the first start that he was in the minor leagues. He gave up eight earned runs in the one inning. It happens. I... I, he's, he showed he's ready to pitch at this level. Once again, the concern there is Tyler Glass now is at AAA right now. Made, his, made his uh, a day, uh, rehab debut on Friday. So, so I would assume in two maybe weeks, not next week, but the following week, right? So yep. I would assume he's back. And then it's not that there shouldn't still be a spot for Taj Bradley. They've had enough other injuries that I think they will get him back. He's another one. I think, like we talked about with Grayson Rodriguez, I know they let. I think they were letting Taj Bradley go six. I think eventually they'll start cutting back on those innings there. I don't think they're going to let him. They don't let very many pitchers go deep into games. That's just not really the way they do it. They rely on their bullpen. So they're rolling with McClanahan, Eflin, and Rasmussen in the rotation right now. You know, eventually you add Glass now to that, and then Taj Bradley can still fill a fifth spot because right now I think they're doing the Yanni Chernos thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and so yeah, there's a spot here who is not a beacon of health himself. So <laughs> there will be an opportunity for that uh, rotation spot. Plus, all those guys have potential injury concerns within it. He is going to see plenty of innings uh, at the major league level before June first. We think he's back sometime in May. I don't. I, I don't think, think I, I think it's going to be a second half year uh, within it. sometime in June, especially if someone goes in the IL, likely. But I think you're looking at him July and on is where I, I think he's going to get into a, a spot where he'll be uh, there every fifth day. Once they get him going within it, they just won't be able to take him out. And the last one was Gavin Stone. We saw one start out of Gavin Stone. So I, was, I like a lot of what Gavin Stone does. The concerns with Gavin Stone are slightly different than some of these other guys. First off, he's not very big. He's kind of small. And what we've always heard, like what I've always read about Gavin Stone, is he has one of the best changeups in all of baseball, like Luis Castillo-level changeup. The problem is he really only has two pitches, and it's a fastball in the changeup. It's he threw the slider nine times out of the throw here about seventy-two pitches. It looks like seventy-seven. Excuse me. That's not a lot. You have to be really good if you're only going to get by on two pitches. And I am not. Once again, I am not writing Gavin Stone off on one career start. I know they sent him to the minor leagues. There is they have four rock solid pitchers in the rotation now. Clayton Kershaw has not taken his fifteen day his first of the fifteen day breaks that I'm sure he will take. He's been dominant, by the way. Another one, absolutely dominant. Clayton Kershaw, still a ridiculous player. But you have Kershaw. Dustin May looks fully recovered from the Tommy John. He looks awesome again. Julio Urias has had, I think, like six starts. Four of them have been great. Two of them he got lit up. Gonsolin's back. He'll be fine. And the ghost of Noah Syndergaard operates in the fifth spot. I have no idea why Noah Syndergaard is still in the rotation here. You could easily convince me that Gavin Stone is better than Noah Syndergaard at this point. And, yeah. Noah Syndergaard is a 632 ERA. There is no reason that Noah Syndergaard needs to be in that rotation, even though they're paying him $13 million. Put that man in the bullpen. Get Gavin Stone up here. I I, I think that we will see Gavin Stone again sometime in summer. I it, won't, it might not be for a month or so, but at some point one of those guys will get hurt. Gavin Stone will come up, and yeah, I think that he will have more success than we saw in that first start. Well, Mama said there'd be days like this uh, as we talk about a team when we were talking about them last week versus this week. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of them weeks. Uh, and the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, uh, there's talk about like, teams sometimes come crashing back down to earth. They did that in uh, uh, in Elon Musk uh, uh, rocket, rocket fashion. What was uh, quickly disassembled, or however they phrased it, was saying that it didn't blow up. I believe that's how the press release said it. Here's the good news for a Pittsburgh fan. Yes, we are on a seven-game losing streak. Meaning, since the last time we talked, they have not won a game. 
Good news is the National League Central has had a terrible week. So you're still in first by a half a game because Pittsburgh three and How seven. How often in the list does end? that happen? Full like week, a winless week, uh, and you're still uh, in, in first place. Half a game ahead of the Brewers. Brewers lost. We're going to get them in the second. The Brewers lost six in a row this week, and the Cubs are three and seven in their last ten. Cincinnati. The top team in the last 10, 5-5, five and five, and St. Louis. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about some St. Louis. St. Louis, 2-8. and eight. But Pittsburgh, like you said, it's been a tough week. They had to play some very good teams, the Blue Jays at Tampa Bay and the Blue Jays. So those are two of arguably the best, you know, handful of teams in baseball here so which are you, are you facing with them within a where, where do you lean are you saying that this was a uh now they face better competition and they got and they got crushed or is it the like ebbs and flows within the season you'll get uh, games like this it has happened more to string them together are you still believing in them or is this more of getting closer to their reality I think they're probably better than we gave them credit for at the beginning, and they're probably not as good as they looked, right? It's probably yep. a team that finishes right around 500. That 85. Would be, that's a pretty that's, good – that's a yeah. lot better than we gave them credit for not that long ago. And that's without O'Neill Cruz, right? Their star yes. is O'Neill Cruz. He has not been playing. I I think that they're probably in – you said 85, somewhere in that 80 to 85 range, which is – that's ridiculous progress from a team that has really struggled. They were able to lock up Ryan Reynolds. We talked about that last week. They've gotten great production out of Carlos Santana. It's looked like the classic uh, Kansas City or actually Cleveland Carlos Santana drawing a lot of walks. I like some of the stuff G1 Bay's done. So, look, you, you said you're going to have weeks like this. You're not going to win everything. I still love their bullpen. I still think that they're playing much better than I gave them credit for. It's a tough week. This upcoming week, it looks like they have Colorado, and then they have at Baltimore, uh, you know, I just watched the Colorado sweep the Brewers, so I shouldn't say a whole lot here, but Colorado's not a very good team. <laughs> uh, just because they beat the Brewers three does not mean they're a good team. Baltimore's, Baltimore's a good team. So, you know, if you go, they play six games this week, you know, four and two, you're right back to where you want to be. The ceiling of this team is limited by their rotation, right? That's that's the full challenge. You like, uh, Ronzi Contreras has looked good uh, with an, yeah. a, an overall, like, at least solid. Like, he, he's not... He's not an ace on a contending team. I believe Contreras but is, he number is younger three? than a yeah. lot of those guys we talk. Like, yeah, he's like he's 23, like 23 years old, isn't he? even though he's got a year in there. So here's my thing. Their, their rotation has shown progress from where they were. Like Contreras, Oviedo has got lit up the last couple, but that's like the Dodgers in Toronto. So guess what? The Dodgers in Toronto are going to light a lot of players on. Like that's going to happen. Mitch Keller has reinvented himself for like the fourth time. And I don't know. I don't buy into a whole lot of it. And then, you know, you got your old Rich Hill. Uh, Vince Velasquez showed flashes. I know he's uh, hit the aisle with elbow stuff, which isn't good. But could you say that? They just need one more pitcher, and they can make things interesting. They don't have an ace, right? Like, like Yohan Oviedo, Ronzi Contreras, Mitch Keller, none of those guys are probably aces, but they're all mid-20s like yeah. guys who could probably fill out a pretty good rotation. You're missing probably one, maybe two good pitchers to really contend. So – Continue to monitor them as, as the season goes on. We'll stick with their uh, uh, local counterparts, uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, uh, the only positive this week is it wasn't a Pittsburgh week, uh, hey. but uh, not by uh, not by a whole lot. They this was today. not the and, and that's where you try to just build back in that direction. Yeah, so it was a tough week. I just mentioned they got swept by Colorado. They were able to take one against San Francisco, which was today. Adrian Hauser returned from injury, so that's good to see. It's been a it's been a tough offensive week. They I did watch I'm pretty sure almost all those games, not all of them, but 
I don't, I don't, you don't like to have excuses. They hit into a lot of double plays. They put a lot of guys on first, hit into a lot of double plays. Colorado, specifically Ezekiel Tovar, played some fantastic defense against them, which is a credit to him. They have a tough week coming up. You get three against the Dodgers. Now, that Dodgers includes Noah Syndergaard, who I just ripped on, so hopefully they can beat Noah Syndergaard. Okay, they get Kershaw and Gonsolin. Now, you're also rolling Freddie Peralta. He's supposed to pitch tomorrow. You'd like to think that Freddie Peralta and Tony Gonsolin are at least comparable. You should beat Noah Syndergaard, and, you know, Wade Miley versus Clayton Kershaw doesn't look good on paper, but you never know how it works out. But then you get Kansas Wade City. Wade Miley keeps finding a he way does. to give you six solid innings. Good. Actually, so against Colorado, the first uh, last game against Colorado, I think he was like no hitting through six innings, and they found a late. Their bullpen got lit up then. There'll be weeks like that, too. I wish that uh, just a little more consistency out of the offense. There's weeks where they look really good. They have some really streaky players. I mean, we talked about Jesse Winker, and Willie Adamas is pretty streaky. and So, so I meant to ask this before with Hornstrat. that. Yep. Uh, Bellinger looking this good. Does that give you hope for Yelich? Um, It gives me hope. Christian Yelich is never going to be the MVP Christian Yelich that we saw those two years. Could he be the – I think he's very much the Miami version of him where he's pro- probably – I don't know that the batting average, the batting average is the weird part of it. I don't know why his batting average is so low. I don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to ever bounce back to the high highs, but could he put together a 15 homer, 15 steal, 80 run season, something like that? Yeah, I think that, I think that's possible. Yeah. But otherwise, do I think that there's the super highs that I think Cody Bellinger could still, but you just mentioned 30, 30, like Christian Yelich doesn't go in 30, 30 and it happening anymore. Um, but I think, 15-15, maybe 20-20 you get a year out of him. It's possible. I think that the blend of the last two years, 21 and 22, where he's 248 or 252, 362 or 355 on base percentage. If he, if he can give you the, the power numbers of last year, 25 doubles, four uh, triples, 14 home runs, if you're in that range within, I think you're looking at a very good leadoff hitter uh, now within, and I think that's... And especially as, as, as prices have changed, I think that's a, a you're still going to get good value out of that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It'll he'll come around. Uh, Jesse Winker was really sick for a while. He'd started the year kind of hot. He got really sick. They refused to play him in the field, which is saying something because they've really struggled in the outfield to find just healthy bodies. They got Tyrone Taylor back. So the current list of injuries includes you know Garrett Mitchell's probably out for the year. Uh, Luis Urias is. I think we're looking at about another couple months. Supposedly there was good news on Brandon Woodruff, but that's like the end of June. I don't know, I guess, how good that news is, but it's it's there. But they've had some injuries. It's, a, it's You don't like to use the injuries as an excuse, but it hasn't helped. Absolutely not. It has not helped the, the outfield situation. Joey Weimer is a fantastic defender. I believe he's leading baseball in defensive war for an outfielder, a fantastic defender out in the center field. But I, it's not the Joey Weimer I was told to expect, which was like a big strikeout, home run strike, like a – you always heard the comparison to Corey Hart, right? Remember Corey Hart with the Brewers? Like, hit 240, 250, but he would hit home runs and steal bases. Right now, Joey Weimer is not striking out, but the the other part's just not contacting the ball as well as you'd like right now. And so, I said, he's got a 3.6 defensive wins above replacement already in 32 games. That's fantastic. That shows how good of a defender he is. But right now, the offense isn't quite there. I think, you know, he's 24 years old. It'll come. Well, if we switch back to the American League, and again, we talked about a team that was deadpanned in a lot of their moves uh, in the offseason. Uh, uh, Boston Red Sox uh, are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Yeah. 
They are now 21 and 15. Uh, they have firmly put space between them and the Yankees in last place. They are only half a game back of Toronto uh, for third and only two games back of Baltimore for second. Uh, where Are you buying Boston uh, as being uh, a team that can contend for an, uh, at least a wild card spot? Uh, is their pitching enough? Their hitting is coming around. It very much is coming around. Is their pitching enough to keep things interesting? They're one of only three teams to score over 200 runs. Uh, Tampa Bay, who is running, I think they're not say running away with runs scored, but at least they were running now. away with differential for a while there. Plus 115. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the other team we're going to talk about in a little bit here, and then Boston, which we've always said the offense is there, right? The offense is there. You We talked about Yoshida and Verdugo earlier. Rafael Devers is putting together another career season. Jaron Duran on the bounce back, the classic, uh, you know, bounce back forgotten about prospect who comes back a couple of years later and looks awesome. I'm very impressed with Jaron Duran. Uh, some Emmanuel Valdez at second base. Like they got him in the trade a few years ago with Houston. I believe it was for a leaf pitcher. He looks great at second for him. So the offense as usual, third and run scored in baseball, top three OPS. Like it's always good, but we've always knocked the pitching and it's been good the last week. I still doubt it, right? Like Chris sale is, is boomer. We've talked about Chris sale on this podcast a few times. I'm sure that you saw by now the internet, the video going around the internet where he struck out Bryce Harper with like 99, 99, 98, 99, just peppered fastballs Bryce, Bryce Harper. But it wasn't, it's a perfectly fine start. He went six innings, or excuse me, he went, was it only five innings? He went six innings, he gave up three earned runs, he struck out 10 that game. It was only a couple of games ago we saw five innings and no more strikeouts. We've seen an 11 strikeout game. It's very much not the consistent dominance we've seen. There is going to be absolute flashes of dominance out of Chris Sale. So maybe we overrode him off as being completely washed at this point, but he is not Noah Syndergaard. Don't get me wrong now. He's not Noah Syndergaard. He's not that level, but he is also not, you know, Hall of Fame Chris Sale either. And that's fine. But after Chris Sale, I... Well, let's look at these numbers for that rotation, okay? Sure. Uh, what do you believe is the best ERA for a starter 1 to 5? 4.2. And I don't think we're going to get there. Uh, we have Tanner Houck, 5.26. Chris Sale, 6.37. 6, wow. Corey Kluber, 6.29. I got no. I have no faith left in Corey Kluber. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Bello. 5.71. The classic blow-ups. Nick Pavetta, 4.99. That's you can't the best. Win. You, cannot, you cannot make the playoffs when those are your ERAs. There's no way. And here's the thing. like, Do you see improvement? Okay, Chris Sale's not throwing a six ERA. That's not going to happen. Kluber's not going to throw a, a six No, either. he won't throw, but okay. But it's a, it's a, a From this best point high forward, fours. is it four? From this point four and forward, a half. Like, okay, that's, and that's perfectly fine. And your offense is good with enough that, that offense, you'll win, keep it competitive. You'll win games with that, right? But... You're not competing with, we just talked about Tampa Bay's pitching, right? We're not competing with that. You're not competing with Toronto. There's no way. There's no way they might be able, they will have stretches of games where they win a lot of games because their offense is really good. But, you know, am I still picking Boston to finish? Am I picking Boston? Right now they're fourth. Do I think Boston's going to pass the Blue Jays, pass the Orioles? Probably not. I still think that the Boston is more likely to finish last in the division than they are to finish in the playoffs. 
we should at least at this point give a nice uh, uh, shout out to the Chicago White Sox uh, for scoring 11 runs in the second inning, the most inning uh, in an inning that the clubs have had in 16 years. Uh, I don't know if that was against a fantasy uh, yes, the starter. I needed so. a win out of the stupid Padres, and Josh Hader blew the save. <sighs> oh, there is that one. Uh, but uh, at least a one positive thing uh, for the uh, the White Sox in the midst of a 12-23 and 23 year. Uh, but at least you're not Kansas City's 9-26. and 26. With that, we will come back with our three uh, major questions for the week and then do our quick uh, more of the uh, bullet uh, analysis of the teams above 500 in the AL and NL. Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party with you, cowboy. Now, you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, Hula Hoops, and Pac-Man video games, don't you see... People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! Well, as we take a look at our uh, three questions for the week, we're going to go back to the NL Central. Uh, and I posed this question before uh, we got started here, uh, and, and we'll pose it now within it because we, we've kind of talked about it, but we didn't even answer it amongst ourselves uh, there. But the if you want to say what has been in the last mm, 50 years model franchise uh, in, in Major League Baseball, uh, develops well, uh, finds a way year in, year out to get to 90 wins, give or take, uh, consistent, competitive, uh, have seen some of the best uh, uh, players and in, in, uh, generation to play yeah. uh, within it. Won a couple of championships. Uh, it is definitely the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and they have been that model franchise since then and still has the perception of being one of the most well-run organizations, not just in baseball, but in all of sports. My question is, with what we've seen in the first six weeks without being knee-jerk, is St. Louis still a smart organization, or have they been trading off their reputation for beyond the last six weeks, and we're now seeing where they are now versus where they've been? There's certainly chinks in this. I mean, you laid it out perfectly. This has arguably been the best team of the last our generation, like our, our least our area because, you know, Pujols was there and they won championships and Wainwright's still there, but they're 11 to 24. They are dead last in the national league. We just picked them six weeks ago. We both picked them to win the national league central, beat the brewers. And right now they're pulling up the rear at all of the national league. And it's not been particularly unlucky. Now we said, is the pitching enough? Is the pitching enough? And it hasn't been simply, it has not been. Now the offense has not clicked either. Now, the big question here is, okay, so the pitchers complained about Wilson Contreras's framing, basically, and they knew that when they signed him. Like, he has never been a very good defensive catcher. That is, you know, we saw a team that had Yadier Molina for 
two decades, who's the best, you know, best defensive catcher ever, maybe. And now you went to Wilson Contreras and the pitchers didn't like it. And so they knew what they were getting. And now they've said, okay, well, he's done. He's not our catcher anymore. He's so now you just paid a ending the experiment of an eighty million dollar catcher after six weeks. So now you have an eighty million dollar he's a catcher, right? That's where the value DH comes in. Now? now you have an eighty million dollar DH who is going to moonlight in the outfield? <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. They have a we talked about this. They have gluts of players, right? They should have moved some of these guys for pitching. So your outfield, it's pretty set. Like Lars Newbarn, right? Okay. Brendan Donovan is one of those positions. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill's hurt right now. We talked about Alec Burleson. We talked about Jordan Walker. That's five right there that I just came up with. Okay, so you're going to add Wilson Contreras to that? Okay, DH, Nolan Gorman's been behind He's been your Paul best, Goldschmidt. Like, your second best player outside of Goldschmidt. They're best players. Okay, so you're going to play Nolan Gorman at second. So then Tommy Edmond goes back to short, I guess. They have all these interchangeable parts, which we see at work. Like, your, your team does it a lot, and it works. But... They also have really good but defensive players. They also players. have roles. Yeah, and they have really good defensive players. This team, Nolan Arenado's best, one of the best defensive third baseman ever, right? And Paul Goldschmidt's a very good defender. They have some. They have Nolan Gorman's a terrible defender. Like that's why they wanted to put him at DH. So now you've created a gap there. They just have this weird mixture of players. It seems like all of a sudden, and they have too many of them as far as position players, and they don't have the pitchers to match. Wainwright came back. I saw today, but you know, Matz has been terrible. Michaelis has been bad. Jack Flaherty's been awful. And I don't know if there's a light at the end of the tunnel for those guys either. And here's where we get into why it's not just a bad six-week stretch. It's not a knee-jerk to that. It's not the what. It's not their record that's the issue. It's not the what. It's the why. That's what is concerning to me. Number one, their pitching philosophy. There's no swing and miss in this entire rotation. You can't build a rotation in this modern era of baseball without swing and miss in your game. If you look at guys that are getting uh, uh, that have the worst stats or the most concern, you look at their their uh, uh, caught swing percentage or their uh, uh, swinging outside of the zone or like the the swing and miss element to it. If that is missing, pitchers are getting railed. Consistently, if you want one stat you can bank on, uh, if you're seeing a guy getting lit up, go look at his his uh, swing and miss numbers. If it's low, then it's not just a fluke. That's a problem, uh, and that's not one that you can just pitch ability your way around. So the only one uh, and they built the entire the entire pitching rotation is built this way. Stat I sent you uh, uh, earlier today, uh, seeing that on, on Twitter, the team with the most home runs given up with two strikes. Is it like 30 turtles by a lot? And what does that tell you? They can't finish the punch out. So we just went, you just did it with Boston. So Jordan Montgomery has been fine, a good pitcher, fine pitcher, 41 innings. He has a 329 ERA. Yep. He's the only one. 37 innings. Miles, where's Miles Michaels? The ERA said at it's over five, 579. Jack Flaherty, 34 innings, six, 629. Steven Matz, 31 innings, seven. Not quite six thirty nine, <laughs> but well, you get it right. Like this, it's not good enough. And Wainwright came back; he's forty one. Are you really relying on Adam Wainwright now? He is, he's a machine too, right? We know Nelson Cruz, but eventually it falls. Well, he's off. Corey Kluber level now at that, yeah, right? Because he's because Adam. of his age, he is not coming in to save this team. He is probably going to do just fine as a number five, who will then walk off into the sunset and retire in a few years. 
either, I don't know if he'll ever get into the baseball hall of fame, but he'll get put into the Cardinals ring of honor or whatever it's called for them and have a fine career. He has been in a very impressive. He has multiple world series. Good for him. It's not enough. They should have moved some of this. They should have moved their glut of position players, whether it was Newt Bar or Yepes or Burleson or whoever it was. They could have gotten Paul. We've mentioned Pablo Lopez before. We've mentioned, you know, I don't know, somebody else of that caliber. They need like two of them probably. And that gets into the second biggest part of the why. So the pitching philosophy, where when you look at that, uh, not being able, the swing and miss uh, ability not being there, that means it's not, the problem isn't the catcher. So that's that's number one, and so you're you see this is your pitching philosophy, and so then you put it on the catcher. And if you didn't know that he was a bad defender, there is I don't know which everyone knew. The yes. Cubs knew. That's why they didn't make lengths to to re-sign him. It's why Contreras did not have a large market this offseason. No one was buying him as a catcher three years from now, let alone five years from now. And you give him that big deal, and then now you're upset at him for being. But he is. That, that's like being upset at, at McDonald's for selling greasy hamburgers. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is who they are. And so you have, that's the pitching philosophy, and then you blame it on something else for what you already put together there. So that's the first part of the why. The second part is talent mismanagement. They have a glut of talented players. No idea how to use them all together. This is getting to the level of Colorado Rockies Ask mismanagement of talent. You have guys that are here. They are not putting it together. Uh, you have a Jordan Walker still, if you look at his numbers, even though he had like a, a what, a, uh, a five-game slump uh, within it, and he was still batting well with it, and so you send him down to AAA. But these other guys, you have too many. You needed to trade from this to improve your team. Your pitching would have been in a better spot you could think of all these guys within it. Think of two or three of them. You could have traded for Pablo Lopez. Oh, you, you you would have gotten him slammed back. There's so many others you could have gotten. There's no excuse to be in this position when you have this much hitting resources and a lack of pitchers. Problem is, though, you bought into multi-years. And so your pitching philosophy and what you did there in a swing and miss league has now you keep doubling down on bad decisions. That's how you ended up with... Uh, 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 Contreras within it, uh, then you end up with the, all these uh, uh, hitters versus the you trade for more pitching. Well, where are these other guys going to go? Are you going to admit sunk costs? You're going to send Man. someone to the bullpen? Uh, Should and and not that they would be any better in the bullpen. No, but because of of where they're at right now, this is a team that is not making smart decisions. They are making uh, they are doubling down on bad decisions, which makes you question the whole ability moving forward to climb themselves out of this. This is a team that by midseason, rather than contending for the division, could blow it up uh, and trade players within it. Uh, and be, they are the most fascinating team to watch on, on the basis of that. So we'll see what they uh, what they uh, decide to do because they could also still go Colorado Rosky, Rockies and double down and not trade a single thing and just stay mired in this When you're issue. compared to the Rockies, you're in a world of hurt, dude. Well, let's take a look at... Uh, uh, and a world of hurt can definitely describe New York media uh, and looking at their New York teams. Uh, the Brinks truck has not helped the standings for the New York Mets. And the New York Yankees are now two and a half games back of fourth place. They are firmly uh, in last in this division. 
Uh, they are one bullpen mishap away from being swept by the Rays this uh, uh, this weekend. Garrett Cole, after uh, not giving up any home runs in his first six, seven starts, uh, gives up two, uh, blows a six-run lead, uh, and they lose in extras today. Uh, injury-prone players are shockingly, oh, newsflash, injured. You have the New York Mets, who, to their comparison and fun, to put things up in the same shocking level, get both Scherzer and Verlander back this week in a peak matchup that I have each of them on a fantasy team. Both get lit up by the Detroit Tigers. Yep. So New York, both New York teams in last. Not last. Mets aren't last. Mets are, yeah, Mets are not quite there. Yankees are, Mets are not quite there. But Washington Nationals happen to be in the National League. That does help them. So uh, that does that, help. That's so not f- good. fourth place. Which New York team are you buying to get out of uh, out of their situation? Oh man, that's that is tough. Oh, I suppose it's the Mets, just because they don't have as far to climb as the Yankees do to catch a team like the Rays or the Blue Jays. The Mets are, and the Braves are a really good team. I don't want to sit here and crap on the Braves. It's a really good team, too. I don't know. You look under the hood at some of this stuff, though, and it, it doesn't look pretty with specifically the Mets. You know, you're going to say, okay, well, Scherzer's, he's got a 556 ERA, and he has a 636 FIP. Like, according to that, he's been lucky to only be as bad as he is in 22 innings. Now, as usual, 22 innings, he has six home runs allowed. That is the Max Scherzer. You were just talking about how Gary Cole gave up too. When we've seen Max Scherzer struggle, we say it a million times. It's because he gives up home runs. Could he easily figure it out together and still roll off? You know, 22 innings is nothing. Could he roll off 180 dominant innings like we've seen out of Max Scherzer for the last decade? Sure, he could. But once again, 38. Someday it's going to slow down. It has to. He's only human. Justin Verlander, we've only seen one start. It was fine. It wasn't great. You mentioned it was against the Tigers. You expect more than five innings, a couple home runs allowed. He's 40. Like, at some point, you're relying on these really old pitchers. And they are absolute first ballot Hall of Famers. I get it. You want to take your chances. But at some point, they age out. And maybe it's happening now. I'm not saying that yet. It's still too early. After a slow start, Cody Singa's done a good job of limiting the runs. But he is walking. He's still figuring it out. He is walking the world, which I did not expect. I mean, we're talking like cease levels of walks, which he is, he's good. I think Cody Senga could be fine, but I did not expect him to walk the world like he's doing. So we'll see. I think that the Mets, I think they'll be better than they are. I wish that they would. I don't think Buck Showalter is a best manager for them either. I don't think he's great. I wish that they would actually, you know, they brought up Brett Beatty. Play him. Why is Eduardo Escobar playing at third base? Why is he still there? Why is Thomas Nito catching when you have Francisco Alvarez? Like, why are we not playing these guys? Okay, you have two very highly regarded prospects. One is 21 and 23, and you are holding him on the bench for Thomas Nito is hitting 118. You can't tell me that Francisco Alvarez can't hit that. And I know that they don't, okay, so Scherzer and Verlander and those guys have said, okay, well, maybe he's not a great defensive catcher. It can't be that. It can't be much worse. Like, it cannot be worse than what you're doing with Thomas Nito. Eduardo Escobar is hitting 159 at third base. Brett Beatty on the bench is hitting 294, and they are not starting him every day. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't need this old-school 23-year-old need to earn this it crap. This is Rusa esque like, like, with young guys. You do guys. not need to earn it crap. Your team is at 500. 
play your talented players, even if they're young or not. The Yankees will be getting Aaron Judge is supposed to be back Tuesday. That will help. Who knows how long that will last? We know that he's not always a six forty seven human beings get hurt a lot. That just happens. I would love to hope that Aaron Judge plays the rest of the year. And supposedly Severino's pitching in the is getting closer. Okay, can we talk about one player on the Yankees who I have legitimate concerns are going to play this year, and that's Carlos Rodon. Uh, the, yes. Okay, so I've always been concerned about the shoulder. This is not the shoulder. This is his back. That is the Clayton Kershaw. Now, Kershaw will go – we talked about Kershaw, right? He will pitch 50 innings, then he'll take off two weeks and let the back rest, and then he'll come back and he's Clayton Kershaw. They say it's chronic. That sounds like – remember when we heard this, like last summer, Mike Trout had a chronic back condition? Now, he's played fine. He's Mike Trout. He's amazing. I don't know. I have real concerns that they are going to get one full year of no Carlos Rodon here. And I could be, maybe he pitches in a month. Maybe that happens. I could be completely wrong. But Carlos Rodon has, this is the, this was the Carlos Rodon knock, right? When he pitches, he's amazing. And I don't doubt that if he does pitch, he'll be fine. But Carlos Rodon, injury concerns. Jane Carlos Stanton, injury concern. Aaron Judge, injury concern. Uh, Luis Severino. Luis Severino, injury concern. Josh Donaldson, Injury concern. Now, I don't know if he's any good anymore or not, but DJ LeMayhew, 34 years old. Like, it is a really old team. It has a lot of really old players on it. There are some good players. Like, Garrett Cole's great, right? Nestor Cortez is pretty good. Domingo Herman looked awesome this season so far. So, good for them. Clay Holmes looks terrible. Clay Holmes does not look good. He's, I don't he's know. starting to get it back. In the last week, he, he's showing more signs. Can they just move Michael King to closer, please? He's easily your best pitcher easily yep. your best relief yep. pitcher. I don't know why they don't just let Michael King close, put Clay Holmes back to where he was comfortable. Remember, when we saw Clay Holmes, it was because he was so dominant because Chapman looked terrible. And it was like, okay, well, eventually we just have to... So now they should just flip it. Like, Clay Holmes is not getting paid a ton of money. They could easily move him back to where he was clearly better and put Michael King at closer because he looks so much better than him. I, it's a good team. This It's got a long way to go to catch what the... Uh, Tampa Bay is eons ahead of them at this point. I don't even know. How, it's got to be close to 10 games. And then Toronto, I know that – I think they're eventually Toronto's in fourth, but I think that Toronto will catch Boston fairly easily. And Baltimore, I love Baltimore. I think they're getting by a little luck right now. I believe the last time I checked, they have a negative run differential, so it'll well, – Baltimore's at plus 29 now. Are they? Okay. Uh, okay. Within it, uh, which is the second best in the, uh, in the AL East. But uh, Toronto, you would expect them to be a more complete team uh, within it. Uh, they have less – Less question marks. Uh, Toronto is in third now. They d- they did uh, half game uh, ahead of Boston, uh, but New York is firmly ten games back. Uh, we say in, it in, in the AL East. Tampa Bay has not won this division yet. That is not over. But the Yankees, like ten games, is a ton to make up already. Like, Does that involve like think of everything that has to break right? Can they rip off a seven or ten game sure. winning streak? Absolutely. But also, what needs to break right is people to be healthy. Uh, to have this at the talent together, and here's the thing. how much you betting on that. And here's the thing: you rip off a ten game winning streak. Like, Tampa Bay is not losing ten in a row. They are not losing ten in a row anytime soon. They are not making that up. So that that is not enough. Like I don't see. There's a whole lot of good teams in this division. The only team because it, it comes down to pitching, right? If you're going to go on a long winning streak, you need really good pitching. New York has. If Severino gets healthy, New York has four. Uh, Tampa Bay has five. Uh, Boston has five that can, or excuse me, not Boston. Toronto has yep, five. Yep. Boston has maybe two that I really trust to rip off a long winning streak. And then Baltimore, I, it's so Depends hard to predict the what they're doing. Like, but it's hard to make up ten games already, even at May seventh. Could they do it? I uh, yes, they could. We've seen you know the St. Louis makes up. 
I've seen St. Louis make up 15 games down at the All-Star break, and they've made that up. Now, I don't think they're going to do it this year, but I have more faith that the Mets get back into contention than to do with the Yankees. I, I think it's a, a division that gives them more of a, an opportunity to uh, to get back on track, uh, and and I, I'm buying their age over injury issues. I'm buying still Scherzer and Verlander uh, to figure it out enough more than I am uh, perennially injured uh, players on the Yankees to all of a sudden be beacons of health. Uh, but if we're talking about questions on what to believe uh, uh, with uh, teams right now, the biggest question being asked in Major League Baseball is just how real are the Texas Rangers? Uh, we talk about the the streak that the Tampa Bay Rays have been on with the plus 115 win loss uh, or uh, plus minus differential run differential uh, uh, within it. Texas Rangers have a plus 85. Uh, that is uh, a clear second uh, as ahead by over 30 runs of the next. Uh, best team uh, with within that Texas Rangers twenty and thirteen, uh, and f- uh, in first uh, uh, over the Angels, Mariners, Astros, and then of course the the Athletics. I I have been extremely impressed with their offense. I I mean they spent all that money on the pitching, right? That was the thing. We spent all the money on the pitching. Well, Degrom's hurt now. When he's pitched, he's been Jacob Degrom, but Yavaldi. We talked about it before we started the podcast. Phenomenal, phenomenal. He has a 222 FIP in 44 innings. Awesome. Which in today's like pitching environment, fantastic. The rest of them, you know, Martin Perez, two years in a row. I get this. At this point, it's just, he is what he is. Like he's going to outpitch the FIP. Like he's down to another 241 ERA. That's two years in a row he's going to do it. John Gray has been eh so far. Andrew Heaney's been eh so far. Will Smith, greatest the closer. They spent money on him. Good bullpen in the background. But it's the offense. And it's the offense without arguably their best player. Like Corey Seager's hurt. He's supposed to be back in about two weeks, but Corey Seager's hurt, and they are rolling offensively. Adolis Garcia doing what he does, hitting home runs, stealing some bases, not getting on base. The average sucks. The rest of it works out fine. Simeon is a star. I was a million percent. Remember, at this time last year, he was hitting like 140, and it was like, man, this what a waste of a contract. Is this the worst contract, uh, one of the yep. worst contracts ever? We'll leave that to Javier Baez. <laughs> Absolute star. Uh yeah, I, I I love what they're doing. Josh Young looks great. Apparently, the shoulder is fixed. He had a couple he had a couple home run game a few days ago. Corey Seager comes back. You know, I, it's it's impressive what they're doing. And at this point, can you hold off Houston? I mean, okay, so I know that Houston's not in second. I think lost it. the Angels are in second. I still think we have. We'll talk about Houston here shortly because I believe they're above five hundred. But they have their own concerns because they're pitching. We just talked about Texas pitching. Their pitching is falling apart, unfortunately, due to them. But Texas looks good. I don't know if they can – this would be a year ahead of where I thought they were because I always felt like they were a year or two away, but they're speeding it up maybe. And uh, uh, we'll be getting healthier as we go on here. Again, when you have the your established stars uh, and then you add that to uh, breakouts like Josh Young, uh, this is putting different things together. Is it Jonah Heim mm-hmm. uh, who's yep. been a, a, a catcher, catcher sensation? Uh, uh, within it, so you have things that are happening all at once, which is how you get an offense like this. Uh, and then the pitching is obviously pitching above its head right now, uh, but they have the third best runs against in, in the American League. Uh, so you expect it out of some others have have happened within it. I, we'll see, uh, but definitely a team to uh, uh, to monitor. Their offense is for real. How much is their pitching good enough uh, uh, to to get them there? 
that that's the story to monitor uh, within this because they could be more than just a uh, surprise for uh, for playoffs. They could put themselves in a full-on contention uh, in, in the American League as their pitching uh, formulates and sees what its level is uh, this year. So this watching be, Texas is going to be interesting. And if they get to the playoffs, this could be like a Philly situation because they are built for it. Yep. Like, if you can roll... If DeGrom can say, be if you just, can roll can just every five DeGrom, days. Two... Mm, two times in a bullpen in a series. Okay. Martin Perez will at least give you a solid Evaldi, five, six. Perron, and then Evaldi, DeGrom, Perez, and then I don't think he, Andrew Heaney's as bad as he's been this year. I don't think John Gray's as bad as he's been this year. It could get really. I also think DeGrom's, they'll go get another starter. Don't you think DeGrom's whip is? 0. 0.4. 0.55. I was going to say. That's pretty I impressive. Trying, I was trying just to see how close. That's pretty impressive. That. that guy is ridiculous. We hope the health hangs out because. Best pitcher in planet Earth when he pitches. Well, let's uh, wrap up by doing more of uh, uh, rapid fire uh, with the teams that are uh, uh, above 500. Uh, and so that's going to take us through the American League East. We've already talked about these teams, so kind of going uh, more just uh, uh, just brief assessments within it. But uh, Rays 28 and 7. They're really good. I keep thinking that eventually it's going to slow down, but they just keep winning games and. At this point, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago. We put the number, I think you said 100, 100 105, and I said, eh, probably not. Yeah, they're looking more and more likely like it's going to happen. The whole thought was, uh, you know, can they, uh, uh, what's going to happen when they face a, a real team? Uh, the cocky answer would be, well, they've now they played Pittsburgh yeah. and New York, still waiting to find one of those real teams. Uh, so we'll see what happens there with them. But I'll just end it with, they're really good. They're really Sounds good. good. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore, 22 and 12. I love it. It's a great story. I think it's it's unlikely to stay at that pace. I think that they could finish well about 500, but it's probably more like we talked about, probably 85 wins. I think we're going to start to see him push some players soon. Joey Ortiz was up for a day. They signed him down. I think soon we'll see Ortiz. I think we'll see Jordan Westberg. I think we'll see Colton Kowser soon in the outfield. And then it's uh, you know, full steam ahead probably next year and the following years after that. If he has health. What are you, what are you putting the the over under at for for MVPs for Adley Rutschman? So if I say, if I say two, uh, or I suppose one and a half would be the more fair one. I think the it. over on that. I think he probably wins two in his career. I I think he's fantastic. Did, didn't Buster Posey uh, yep. get through with? I said that's that's I think he's the fantastic. Comparison. I think he's one of the best. Catch- I think he's already one of the probably the best catcher in the game. Toronto Blue Jays twenty one and fourteen. I think they get better. I think that I think that they can. I think that they probably finish still with over 90 wins. I, I, their offense, Bob Bichette looks fantastic. Absolutely. He's going to make a push. He could make a push for an MVP award this year. And he's arguably not been the best hitter on the team. Cause I think Matt Chapman's hitting like 350. Vlad's hitting a blow. I believe that all three of them are hitting like well into the three hundreds. Varshaw's finally starting to heat up a little bit. They're, they're very pitching is starting too. to settle down. Yep. They're going to do very well. Boston 21, 15. It'll fall off. I'd, they're probably be lucky. To, I, if there's a team that falls below 500, I'd still take Boston in that division. The pitching's just not there. I, I, just, I think they're just not as bad as what originally thought. Uh, but the pitching sta- uh, pitching rotation is mm-hmm. uh, now. Some guys could settle. Tanner Houck, I think, if you quit bouncing in between rotation and, and bullpen, let too. let him settle in. Yeah, maybe there's a chance some of these guys, Nick Pavetta, can, I think some of these guys can settle in with uh, just putting them out there every fifth day and, and seeing what happens. You have nothing to lose with what the rest of the uh, depth is there, so that would be uh, a good thing to do. Uh, New York Yankees, 18-17. and 17. Just talked about them. I, 
it all depends on the health, man. If, if, if you told me that you get, you know, from here forward, do you get a hundred? I don't know how many games are left. 18 and 17, you said they are. So they're, that's about 130 games. If you told me you got 110 games out of Stanton judge, you got 25 starts out of Severino. They could probably win 90 games. I don't I'm trust it. At 85. I, uh, I think right. they finish above Be- 500, but I don't because think. of what the composite health will yep. end up being. Yep. I think they probably win above 500, but I don't think, honestly, I don't think they, they might not make the playoffs and I don't believe either one of us picked them to. And this is why we thought that Minnesota twins, 19 and 16. Love what they're doing. Love the pitching. I I think that they finish roughly around 500. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little under. Right now they have – there's already chinks in their armor. Uh, I know that Tyler Molly's hurt. They called up Louis Varland, who's kind of an interesting pitcher. I love Joe, Joe Ryan. Looks fan, so two of their Joe pitchers Ryan look looks fantastic. fantastic. Joe Ryan and Pablo Lopez look fantastic. Absolutely. So find Sonny a Gray's third, fine. and this team Sonny has Gray's a new fine, new right? Like they yep. have three, yep. two good ones, and a fine third option in Sunny Gray. I don't know if it's enough to hold off the. I think eventually the Guardians will still catch them. They need Carlos Correa needs to get start to hitting. Like some of their some of their players just have not performed up to what we expect of them. Correa, they gave him that massive contract for a team like Minnesota, which is still considered a small market team, I would think. And Correa's hitting two hundred. Look, he, it won't last. He's, his lowest career, I guess he did have a 239 back in 2018. But, but beyond that, it was a 274. I don't think he's a 200 hitter all of a sudden at the age of 28. So some of that changes, and who knows? Maybe they do push. I know we're only talking above 500, but I'll give one shout-out to the Detroit Tigers, who are 15 and 18. Better than I thought they'd be uh, at this point. Yeah, but that's uh, <laughs> I you know when you're uh, already at that level, I still don't think they're going to finish with a lot of wins within it. But bank those early season wins there too to help that out. Uh, Texas Rangers twenty and thirteen. We talked about them uh, within it. Los Angeles Angels nineteen and sixteen. It's promising. Um, you know, I I always I always want more for them. I always want more for them with their. We brought it up. There's two superstars. Drury finally started to hit. Drury's up to 250, hit some big home runs. Now it didn't hurt that they played the the athletics in there, which always can boost some some numbers. Renfro's look good. Once again, theirs is always the same thing that it's been for forever is where does the pitching stand? Otani is looks you know, here's the here's the one. Chances that Otani wins both this year. Because I think it's entirely possible that he's actually tracking more of the Cy Young than the MVP right now. His pitching has been phenomenal. And he's always the favorite, should be at least the favorite to win the MVP award. So I think it's entirely possible he could win both this year. Now I'm not going to ever bet that. They it need more out of Tyler take Anderson. them actually getting to the playoffs, and in which case people would be willing to acknowledge the – because you start getting a wave of like, here's a chance to give this guy both, which would acknowledge him as the best two-way that, that we've ever seen. I think uh, media members would be intrigued by the idea of it, but they're not going to do it for a guy on a losing team. Uh, and so that's the biggest key. If the Angels can uh, do well, he has a chance to truly have a historically recognized uh, uh, season. 39 innings, sorry, quickly. 39 innings, 59 strikeouts with a 254 ERA. The guy, we talk about the offense because you see him every day and it's phenomenal, but his pitching has arguably been his best attribute this year in a league where I said, you know, any pitcher gets it lit up all the time. Uh, Otani does not. Atlanta Braves, 24 and 11. They're ridiculous. They're so good. Like, they are – Acuna is all the way back. He looks ridiculous. National League's most complete team? Probably, yeah. I would say so, yes. I think they're I think they're the most complete team. They sent uh, Vaughn Grissom back down again. He just wasn't hitting for enough power. 
they have they are doing this. They finally got Raziel Iglesias back, so they got their best closer back. Kyle Wright's hurt again. I think he'll probably be okay. It's it's a ridiculously good team. So consistent. Yeah, that's probably the best team in the National League. We talked about the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so we'll go to the Los Angeles Dodgers, twenty and fourteen. That's a really good team too, right? That's that's your other team. They they started off a little slow. They are no longer playing slow. I see they came back and beat the being down the entire game. They came back and won in the tenth inning tonight against the, their rival Padres. Back to twenty and fourteen. They're winning a lot of games. You know, that's Max Muncie looks back. They they have a ridiculous top four of their lineup that we talked about before: Betts, Freeman's, Will Smith, Max Muncie. James Altman's cooled off a little bit, but it's it was a very impressive rookie start from him. And yeah, they have one of the deepest. You know, if they stay healthy, nobody matches their pitching in the National League. Arizona Diamondbacks, nineteen and fifteen. Another great story. That is that is a team that you root for. That's another one I think is probably playing over their head right now. You just root for them to keep going with that. Keep going as long as you can. But eventually, I think their their future is coming. It's probably not this year. It's probably a year or two down the road. They have more talent coming. Corbin Carroll missed some games this week. He is back and playing. That's good. I did not you know I want to see him get hurt. He looks every bit like the superstar we talked about. He would be. Yeah, I I think they probably drop off, but it's a good story as long as he keeps going. And then the San Diego Padres, 18 and 16. Unfortunately for them, they play in the same, for the last few years, unfortunately for them, they play in the same division as the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they just can't quite get over the hump. Like I said, again, they had a big lead. They tried, they had a lead from the first inning on, and they couldn't hold it. Now, the offense is back. There's Tatis okay, we fully talked about, healthy. We talked now about a full week the, of games. Now he's back running. We talk about good offenses. Nobody, nobody matches their top four. The Tatis, Machado, Soto, Bogarts top four is fantastically ridiculous. It is unbelievable. It comes down to their pitching, right? It's come down to their pitching. Darvish is 36. Like, Darvish, I love you, Darvish. I think he's great. Essentially, that's going to fall off. Blake Snell is absolutely Blake Snelling every single game where – I just talked about the control of you know, Otani and the strikeout numbers. Musgrove's back. That's good. But Blake Snell, where are we at here? We are at 35 innings. He has struck out 39. He has walked 21. He has given up seven home runs in 35 innings. It is all the— He'll write that ship because that's not normally him. No, it's not. Uh, 5.4 walks per nine. That is a career high for him, which is saying something because there are some really bad walk years in there. Could he—he's uh, another one. Could he roll off 10, 15 straight starts of, like— Two ERA ball where he strikes out 10 per nine absolutely easily, but you can't bank on it either. It is the most frustrating thing to watch ever. I think that, I think they're another team. I think they're really good. I think that yet again, they're going to find themselves disappointed because I don't think they're as good as the Dodgers. Well, that'll uh, wrap up our uh, uh, podcast for this week. Uh, and next week, we'll uh, be back side. with our. Uh, three hitters, pitchers, teams, and questions, and then we'll uh, take a look at the the below 500 uh, teams Can't and see who's better. got hope uh, or who's wait till next year. See you next week. Peace.